Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your newest source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm here, as always, with my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Just enjoying a uh, a get-right game against the Chicago Bears. Always doing better after a win than a loss. You know, yes. I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day of the week. And that is what we are here to break down with you guys today. The Packers have defeated the Bears by a score of 27-10. to 10. Pretty close to your score prediction, Dad. I believe you had it at 27-17, you know? Yes, close enough. Close enough. Um, but yeah, so we are here to break down the Packers-Bears game as usual. Um, we will be doing this every Sunday night and releasing it on Sunday nights if you guys want to check us out throughout the season. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Father Son Packer or on YouTube at Father Son Packers Podcast. Please uh, come give us a like, a follow, a subscribe. It would really just help us get our numbers up, and we would really appreciate it if you like the content we bring with you. Uh, we bring to you guys uh, twice a week, yeah. every week. You can also find us on um, Spotify or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find podcasts, you will be able to find us. Um, and our Twitter is just a great place for updates on when we're releasing ep- episodes. Um, tweeting out news that are released by the Packers and Packers beat reporters, stuff like that. So if you want to just give us a follow, that'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. But Dad, without further ado, do you want to get into this this uh, little breakdown? Sure. Still with our kind yeah. of gut reactions. Yeah, so every every Sunday night we're going to start with our gut reactions, which are kind of just like how we felt about the game. Uh, you were saying, though, you wanted to start off with how your, gut, yeah, so... your gut's feeling. How's your gut feeling? <laughs> It was getting a little bit knotted at the goal line. <laughs> and then, you know, so I didn't, I thought we would still most likely win, but it was nice to breathe a sigh of relief once it was officially held up as they, he was short of the goal line. Yeah. I, and then I, I, mean, I didn't really have to worry about it anymore. I mean, we'll go into that play a little bit more. And f- why not? Let's go into it now. Uh, but I was like, I was honestly thinking in the moment, not to be dramatic. I was like, this could be the play that defines the Packers season. If they don't get this and they lose this game, the season is not going well. Oh, if they well. lost I don't the think, game, that would have been something. I don't think oh, at all. Yeah. And also just to struggle that much if they had given up that, that fourth and in inches right there. And I don't know. Did you think he was in? They did review it. They didn't find anything conclusive. I thought he did not make it. I thought it was pretty clear he was short. Uh, maybe I'm just a homer, but that, that's at least how I, I felt about it. I thought there was a good chance the nose of the football may have reached. You hear that, folks? An honest man. <laughs> An honest man. What I did Could see not is be that... me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody searched for an honest man with a lantern. Mm-hmm. Who's got the lantern? The honest man or the searcher? I, I phrased that poorly. Um, I, I would hope the searcher or else he might not find him. But anyway, continue. But uh, one thing I would say about that play is that um, Reed held up very nicely at the point of attack there. Um, mm-hmm. They officially gave the stop to Preston. I think they gave the Dean. tackle to Campbell. They changed the scoring after the review. Oh, they changed the story sure, after. But okay. I'm not sure which way they changed it. You might still be right. But uh, I thought but I was just watching the play. Reed uh, really held up right there at that point that uh, Fields ended up going to um, mm-hmm. to um, prevent any push from the offensive line. Yeah, and that I ultimately thought, like, I think led to the uh, um, the tacklers to um, bring Fields to a stop. 
Yeah, I think afterwards, after they reviewed it, they gave the stop to Preston Smith and Jerron Reed, actually, in the end. I know it was oh, okay. initially credited to Campbell, but I think they did switch it after um, after review. But, you know, the D-line stepped up when they had to. They were getting it run down their throats a little bit. But anyway, we'll talk more about that later. My personal gut reaction was... I, initially, I was like, wow, they they kind of... They kind of struggled with this one. They they struggled a little more than I thought they would. I thought they'd win a little more handily. My score prediction was a little bit of a wider gap. But, you know, it's nice to get a win. It's nice that the process for the game was good. They gave the ball to their good players, which is always a good thing. Um, and the defense had its ups and downs. It seemed like once the ball started to move, it was the offense picked up momentum. The Bears offense, that is picked up momentum very easily but they did force quite a few three and outs which we will talk about going forward but that's just kind of my gut reaction could have been better but they got the win which is all that matters one and one take it any way you can get it um but yeah so that's our gut reactions for the game next thing we're going to do is a quick injury update normally we're talking about players that got hurt during the game um some people returning uh thankfully dad i don't think i saw anyone get hurt during this game or no tweets about it at least well, Knock the one on thing I would course. say is that Lazard left limping a little bit earlier, yeah, but then but he came, came back, back on and, and played so then, well. and then and made plays afterwards. So that seemed like it was okay. I was a little nervous that he was going to be out for the rest of the game when he was limping on the sideline, and maybe he got rolled up on as he was blocking for that play. Um, and I didn't actually see what happened. That was just kind of my guess that maybe what could have happened to him is that he re-injured the ankle by getting um, rolled up on as the as he was a lead blocker, but yeah, he came back in, especially with the ankle and how he kind of, yeah, he was pretty ginger getting off field, but he came back in and played well. So that's all you can ask for. Um, but in terms of players returning, a lot of good news on the Packers front. Like you said, Alan Lazard back after missing week one with an ankle injury, Elton Jenkins. That's the biggest one. Honestly, Elton Jenkins back. Let Matt LaFleur himself said that they would not have won this game without Elton Jenkins playing tonight. And I agree. He was a little rusty coming back at right tackle, but just to have another starter was nice. John Runyon also made his return and uh, from concussion. So that left them with four of five preferred starters on the offensive line. Yeah, and Elton coming back improved two separate offensive line spots just yes. by Elton coming back. And yeah. So that was huge. And I think it did. Moving, by, by that, you mean moving Newman to right guard, improving right guard, and then having Elton at right tackle, improving, improving yep. right tackle. Sending, yeah. sending Newman to guard, Hanson to the bench, and Elton's attack. Hanson is a fine backup. He is diet Lucas Patrick, uh, but he should not be starting. He's not as good as Lucas Patrick. Either. He is break glass in case of emergency backup center and guard. Somehow still ahead of Sean Ryan. But anyway. He is, he is a poor man's Lucas Patrick. That's what I'm saying. He's diet Lucas Patrick. Lucas Patrick from like three years ago. Yes. Not even Lucas Patrick now. Who not is, Bears Lucas Patrick? Or, or let's say last year's, last year's Packers Luke, Lucas Patrick. No, he's not. I don't. No, he's not as good as that. He's more like second year Lucas Patrick, third year Lucas yeah. Patrick than last year Lucas Patrick. But those are the returns. I do think Elton Jenkins is such a big deal. It seems like he got through the game, knock on wood, without any reaggravations. We'll hopefully see during practice this week. Hopefully he's practicing still and everything is good. But just such yeah. a big boost getting him back out there and having yeah. and, and a tackle at right tackle. And earlier than we were you know, thought was the chance a week ago when the the scuttlebutt was that Bakhtiari and Jenkins would be out week two as well. 
Yeah, so that, was some, other, people, that was the other. That was the other injury thing that, over Bakhtiari not playing. Well, that this was week, the other but, injury thing that we didn't talk about. Is Bakhtiari again missed this week? That is what Ryan Wood said would happen. But last it's what week. we so people should being have surprised, expected. People being surprised should not be surprised. This is what the plan was. Right. You can argue whether or not he'll be back week three. We don't really know. We hope, but I don't. Wouldn't hold your breath. I guess. But that's the injury report. Um, mostly good news. In fact, pretty much all good news, knock on wood, that we know of so far. Um, seems like they're getting a little bit healthier, at least healthier than week one. But now, Dad, do you want to get down to the, the meat and potatoes? Sure, yeah, start uh, go with our game breakdown. You want yeah, to so, start with offense? Yeah, we'll start with offense. So pretty much how this goes is we each pick one good thing, one bad thing for the offense and defense and we fence. I refuse to call it the other name anymore because when I did, Amari Rogers immediately fumbled the ball. We will talk about that later. I am only calling it We Fence from now on. I will put a dollar in the swear jar whenever I say <laughs> the name that shall not be mentioned. But like like uh, like you said, Dad, let's start with the offense. Um, do you want to begin with your good thing or bad thing? Um. Well, let's start with the good things. Shall I go? Okay. You want me to go first? Yeah, sure. I had a couple things, and and this, one of them you're going to expand on more, but I, I um, yeah, maybe just a, start with the second one then, and I'll touch the first one in my own. I'll, I'll just so first I was going to say about Rodgers, it looked like he was really, sort of really dealing through the middle of the game when they essentially took control through the second quarter and the beginning of the third. Yeah, and you know he ended up completing passes to eight different pass catchers. I can't say receivers because they weren't all receivers. And none of them had more than four targets or more than three catches. Really spreading the ball around. Yeah, really spread the ball around, really taking advantage of um, different parts of the field. I think he had fewer plays where he held on to the ball too long compared to last week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, all the sacks were in the first half. And I think that may also be so that the Bears had three sacks of Rodgers. They were all in the first half. And on two, one of them derailed a drive, but the other two, they still got points despite getting sacked. Um, and then I think maybe the offensive line was settling in a little bit better as they got uh, their, their rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I do think, I think it's interesting that um, on plays where Rodgers targeted receivers, like you were saying, he did target a lot of them. But uh, by my count, he was 13 of 16 when targeting wide receivers. I know that you said pass catchers, but specifically wide receivers. He spread it out really well, and he was hitting those. He was hitting those receivers. 13 to 16. That's, yeah, that's he excellent. Had, even on the third, that that first drive of the game where they ended up with a field goal, and they they it was a little clunkier because they had some more third downs they had to go for. But they yeah. were able to get third down conversion to Lazard. Um, the nice third down. Um, pass to Aaron Jones on the sideline where it was a beautiful touch pass and then a great catch by Jones. Um, Shout out, though he did, though That'll he did be what miss, I talk about. Though he did miss Dobbs and something the announcers, uh, Collinsworth. Uh, oh, about yeah, that little that, curl in the middle. Uh, when, yeah, he ended up getting taking the sack there. Though that was already third and 15, I think. That, but uh, um, that was what I had for the good thing. The other thing I was kind of leading is that I thought that Jones looked better than Dylan this week. Yes, doing this excellent week. work and, running on the left side of the of the offense, and that ties into my good thing for this game, which is just Aaron Jones is that guy. He's that guy. He had 15 carries for 132 yards. That's 8.8 a touch uh, or 8.8 a carry and a touchdown. He had 
three receptions on three targets for 38 yards and a touchdown. Nine of his 18 touches went for first downs or touchdowns. That's excellent. He was just as efficient as last week or like almost as efficient as last week, but they actually gave him the ball. He was easily the best player on the field for either team on in a game with the back-to-back MVP in it. Aaron Jones completely took over this game and the Bears had no answers for him. He was running pretty much all rampant. He was running rampant. He was running left, running right, going up the middle, outside, touch passes, shovel passes. There was clearly a concerted effort to get him the ball this game because they were getting him the ball any way they could. They realized their mistake from last week. And so that's also, I think, a little gold star for the coaching staff. I think last week, like looking back on it, I think I put most of the blame on the coaching staff for being unprepared um, for the game. And I think this game plan really shows that they looked last week. They were like, we really effed up. That's on us, guys. That's my bad. Yeah. And they actually gave the ball to their best players, I think. And yeah, you had something that... interesting to say about Jones going left versus right, that you felt like he was kicking left a lot easier. And, and, and so, yeah, so that uh, – and he was getting to the second level very quickly going left. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that they really kind of split the work between Jones and Dylan. I think, like, what, Jones had 18 touches and Dylan had 19 so really evenly cut. I think Dylan had in a lot of the plays that are called for him or he was where he's looking for daylight. He was doing like a quick cut back to the right side and there wasn't often much space. The other mm-hmm. thing I, I wanted to repeat was something that um, and I think he was often going like a gap on either side, occasionally going to the B gap. And Jones is sometimes going around the tackle on the left. But they did say Jones during, is a lot more prone to like actually bounce it outside than Dylan. Yeah. But yeah, there's one thing they said during the broadcast is that Jones leads the league in percent of runs up the middle. Oh, interesting. Um, that jo- yeah, wait, they... Jones does or, or no? Dylan sorry, does? I, I misspoke. Okay, I was going to say Dylan, right? Yeah, I was going to say I, I, I think just, I do remember that. that there was Dylan. I just straight up said that wrong. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was trying to segue to the talking I about lied. Dylan. <laughs> I lied. And, uh, yeah, that's a, sorry, Dylan. Um, not Jones, but Dylan led, has been leading the league since the beginning of last year in percent of uh, runs up the middle. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Big body. Yeah. Get him get him moving up the field. But yeah, that was my good thing. The 9 of 18 going for first downs or touchdowns is just kind of insane to me. That's crazy, yeah. Right? Like, he's just biting off chunk yardage. And this, like the success rate on those runs was crazy. I mean, I think he had one play. And it was in the fourth quarter where he was stopped in the backfield. And every single other one, he was getting positive yes, yardage he, and chunk gains. I remember seeing, I remember noticing that because he was at like 9.6 yards or 9.7 yards of carry. And then he was at 8.8 because he had that negative two-yard run, which was yeah. one of his last runs, maybe his last run of the game. Good. Just take him out. Skin. And then, uh, but anyway. then Dylan, I'm Dylan surprised did a good we job. didn't see Patrick Dylan's Taylor. Dylan's a nice finisher yeah. um, as, uh, you know, gaining, getting, getting them out of the shadow of the goal line. And um, converting they, some first downs late to be able to run at the clock. I don't, and I don't have the exact numbers, but they ran so much more pony package, aka two running back with Jones yes. and Dylan on the field this week than they did last week. And they ran first, so much more of it. That first touchdown, I, th- I think it was the first touchdown with Dylan was a lead blocker for Jones. Oh, um, great, great play! Uh, was, really, was that oh, the first I think one? Or the second one. That was the that second might be the touchdown. second one because the first yeah. one I think was when My- was the first one when Myers, Myers crushed. Yeah. Whoever it was get in the out second in space, level, baby, get them big boys moving. <laughs> that was nice. And then, but yeah, I think it was. I guess it was the second one where Jones was a lead blocker on the right hand side um, that Jones ran in. Yeah, the first one was when Myers got to the second level and buried some some poor slots. Yes, but 
good on the coaching. Get your best players on the field. Good on Jones. That's my good thing for the offense. I was pretty pleased with the offense. Mostly they ran the ball so well. And I know it's just the Bears. But you got to beat the teams on your schedule. And they did that. Um, Going on to the bad things on offense. uh, We can do mine first because mine's a bit of a smaller one. Um, Mine specifically is the timing on the quick out routes with the younger receivers. That kind of chemistry is not there. And I think kind of demonstrates a larger lack of chemistry between Rodgers and the younger receivers. But you can really tell in the quick outs. Um, those are supposed to be just extensions of the run game and are supposed to be free at least two to five yards. And right now they're incomplete. Um, he had a quick out to Christian Watson today that he missed on, uh, or they didn't connect on, rather. And he had one to Dobbs last week that they didn't connect on. And on both of them, it did seem that the receivers turned late. And Is that, that was I think the one to, this, this sorry, one was one to Watson on the right-hand side. Yes, that and was a bit like right at the line of scrimmage. And both, were, both, were to the, both were to the right-hand side to Dobbs and Watson. But like I was saying, I think a lot of this does have to do with the fact that according to an article written by Jared Dubin of CBS Sports uh, in December of 2021, about that year, Rodgers had the fastest average time to throw on quick strike throws at 1.75 seconds. And so what I think is probably happening is these rookie receivers are more used to playing with Jordan Love in training camp and their college quarterbacks who are not nearly as quick on these quick game throws and so they're turning late and i think that that's probably going to be an easy fix take less steps to get to your route on the out routes it looked like they were also a little further upfield than rogers might like because the ball was a little short on them and i have a hard time believing that's like entirely on rogers i think it's more of a timing thing but i think that that's something to watch because that was such a big part of their offense in previous years under lafleur and I think they're going to need to clean that up because those two guys, Dobbs and Watson, are the most dynamic players they have with the ball in the, their hands besides the running backs. And so they're going to need to find a way to get them the ball in space, and those quick outs are usually easy, but right now they're kind of like pulling teeth. Yep. So, yeah, those are ones where they need to get uh, – they're supposed to be easy yards. And they're exactly. not getting them yet. But I'm not – overly worried i just think it's something to look at because i think it should get fixed and the offense could hypothetically be even better but what was your what was your kind of bugaboo on offense that so did you the, felt like the, they weren't the doing the biggest well? um problem i saw at least the two basically blunders they made on exchanges yep um this was the an easy where, one where they're just cruising they're burying the bears they are bears absolutely anything for Battering like and a quarter bullying. and a half, and the Packers are scoring on, you know, multiple possessions in a row. I think at yep. one point, and then they have the the and and both times they've already driven away. They're the that the drive the individual drives are cruising too, and then Dylan and or Rogers, one or both of them goes the wrong way, and they basically almost run into each other, fumble and Rogers, lose that fumble. Rogers said after the game that he went the wrong way, that it was his fault. Yeah, and then the other was the snap. That Which first Rogers, I thought it was a terrible snap. And then the replay is like, oh, it hit uh, hit Christian Watson's, Watson right in the arm, right in the arm as he's doing the jet sweep. And they were but Rogers did that say one. Rogers also said after the game that that one was on Myers because he had the snap count wrong and the ball should not have gotten snapped then. Yeah, it's clearly there was some, something wrong in the time. There was something there. Wrong, they were lucky but, to recover that though it torpedoed the drive. But that wasn't the you know, and so that's uh, that was one on Myers, and he also had a, a missed. He, he, got, few he got iffy. beat bad uh, by the uh, um, on one play. 
He had an up and down game by the but, def- by the defensive tackle. Yeah, like he had that really awesome block in space on the touchdown run, and then he had one where he got he got abused on trying to like he was hit, trying to hit a reach block, and he didn't make yep. any contact with the guy initially. He just tried to which, get to the side, and the guy just went straight up field and tackled. Uh, I think it was which Dylan was kind of like uh, a replay of what uh, Zadarius did last week. Yeah, he's got to be more. If you've seen all the all the all the sh- um, stills of everybody who was shooting, is like. It looks like he's blocking uh, Runyon. Exactly. He's got to be a little more cognizant uh, that those guys, those guys are just firing up the field. Yeah. But I think more so for those two things, I think my problem was less so the errors and more so the subsequent team-wide reaction to those errors. It felt like as soon as Dylan fumbled the ball, the defense started crumbling a little. They really let the... they, They just lost the plot as a whole team for like three, four drives there and almost blew the whole game based on just like one small error. And the whole team just looks like they're completely despondent. And I'm just like, guys, 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 you're up 14 points at home in the fourth quarter. Yes. You just had a fumble. They have the ball at the 40. It's like, but you know how common this is where you give a team life when they are just, you know, nothing's going right. And all of a sudden then they have a chance. And we saw multiple of those this week. I mean, where yeah. teams just blew leads and and uh, let let their opponents back in. In a week of blown leads, I'm glad we didn't fully blow it. Yep, that's fair. But I do think it's something where it's like, yes, the pa- the offense fumbled. Defense, get your butts out there and get a stop. Don't get it run down your throat, please. Like. And I think that kind of transitions us well to the defensive side of the football uh, with our positives and negatives. Do um, you want to start good or do you want to start bad? I think we should start bad so we can end good. Okay, since we started uh, good yeah. on uh, offense. And since I kind of – yeah, we'll right. do a little, a little bad sandwich, a little – a little SH, a little SH like blank tea really sandwich. Nasty filling and say in between two good slices of bread. Yes, <laughs> Is that, um, that seems to be the metaphor here. Yes, uh, South Harmon Institute of Technology sandwich. Um, <laughs> it's but anyway, been accepted. It's been accepted. But anyway, uh, tying into what I was just saying, I think my bad thing for the defense was the run defense. Uh, the Bears running backs, just all of them, uh, mainly Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, that means, went for 8.4 yards per carry in this game and really kept the Bears in it. Two specific drives, the first drive of the game, which actually Matt LaFleur said they were having headset issues on and couldn't get the plays in. Make make of that what you will. Who knows? Um, and then the play late where they, got, they did stuff the Bears at the goal line, the Bears were just running it down their throats with eye formations and just bullying them pretty much with a bad offensive line, so that's a little scary. And just to kind of put those 8.4 yards per carry, like, numbers in, like, kind of a frame of reference, uh, that's more yards per carry than the running backs in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers ran for. They ran for 6.75 yards per carry, the running backs did, and Mostert ran for 7.6 yards per carry. So the running backs in this game, I know, obviously, time and score is very different, so it's not really like the EPA per play is probably still like very much in the San Francisco 49ers, like that NFC championship game favor. But I think it is kind of telling that that's how kind of porous the run defense was for a large majority of this game. 
And I know they still did have like some three and outs that we'll talk about, like a good amount of three and outs. But it felt like once the ball got and got rolling, like the Bears only ran 41 plays today. But I think like probably over 50% of those, maybe over 60% of those were in two drives. And so it was like once the ball got moving, the ball just snowballed downhill and they just ran it and ran it and ran it and ran it. And I think that that's something that the Packers need to work on because the front played pretty well, I think, uh, aside from like a couple drives and the running. But you can't win games like that against good teams if you're just going to get bullied up front. Yeah, I think one thing that happened is a lot of that the, those big yards were on the first two were confined were uh, in those two possessions. Yeah, and I think that the the, the first. But that's drive, what I'm saying is like once the ball kind of got moving, like they just had so much momentum, you know. Yeah, one thing I'd like to say about that the uh, so yeah, what I what I had is that they for my bad, like let Chicago dictate play and just run as they wanted. And I was trying to remember, it seemed like they opened in nickel. The Packers did on D. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they started with kind of, I remember somebody tweeting about it. I don't and think so they, they ran a single of, four, three snap without Barnes out there. And so they, they opened up um, sort of light boxes. Is that really what you wanted to do against this team? Who really That's they're, they're going to run, 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 run. I mean, maybe you you set yourself up to let them run based on formation, which would maybe is maybe not the best idea. Um, it does seem like they yeah I, they just kind of sorry go ahead yeah they just kind of oh, let them run gonna, down their throats. And then I was going to go know. on that so your idea of like whether, how they got started. I, I did go through a little bit of like what, how the Bears did depending on how they started their drives. So you know, the, so their first drive, they got t, they got TD. They got they the touchdown ran very easily. Seven plays for seventy-one yards, like absolutely marched it down the field. And their first play was a run for four yards. The second drive, they tried to pass first, got Thank sacked you. for minus five. Thank you. Out. The third drive, they only had they ran for just one yard. They tried just all runs. They ran for one yard, three and out. Third drive, an incomplete pass for. Um, no yards, three and out. And then the fourth drive, so they had four in a row here. The fourth drive, they they ran the ball for seven, but then they tried to pass on second down and got sacked for minus seven. And then they ran for nine and got a field goal. So the first play ran for nine, got a field goal. The next drive ran for 11 and got to the goal line. And then the final drive was just desperation mode throwing and ended up with a pick. So... Yeah, well, it made a, it seemed like it made a big difference on whether they tried to pass on one of their early downs or not for whether their drives failed. And I mean, it also it ties back into running. the it ties back into the though when the Packers like if the Bears got momentum on offense, like they got like positive yards, a positive like game script within that drive, they were getting into like second and manageable, third and manageable. The Packers were just letting them move after that. They did not like re Sorry about that. They did not recalibrate at all to the to the new first down. It seemed like they got completely thrown for a loop at any point that the Bears got movement. Right, and I think it's kind of it bears out when you look at them from drive to drive what happened depending on what their very first play was. Yeah, and it just felt or, like or, or what or their first two plays perhaps. Yeah, and it just feels like 
it parallels the Packers team as a whole. Like when the Packers have momentum, everything's great. They're a front runner. They're you know, I was, I was yeah, glad. It's annoying, but they are 100% a front runner. I was glad they lost the, the coin toss. toss so they could defer. So, right, so that yes. we could get the ball first. I, I've been meaning to look this up. I know for like the first season or two, the Packers clearly did better when they when had starting the ball with first, the ball. With starting with the ball. And I don't know if that's borne out now that we're more than three seasons in. No, but the thing is, no one. No one takes the ball first anymore. I if know. They win the coin and it drives the ball. No one does it. No Stop one ever does it. Stop paying attention to the league-wide trend when you have your own in-team trend that is that seems so obvious. They're they're, also, they're the, so the, much better with the lead. Yeah. Until they I mean, pucker they're, they're up. Def- Until they pucker up <laughs> with the lead and they start. But most of themselves. the time, yeah. But they don't turtle. As they turtle a little. They, they turtle the. They turtle. The, they turtle worse when they fall behind. They turtle a little when they fumble that ball today. They they were starting to tighten up a little bit. You could feel it a little bit. It was. I was getting nervous, but I thought yeah. that okay. I was like, okay, they're gonna the Bears score here. I think they're still probably gonna win. Uh, the numbers are still in our favor. May the odds be ever in your favor. But it did feel like I don't know. It felt like to me, if the Bears scored there, the Bears were gonna win. That's how I felt at least. If the Bears had punched that in, I thought the Bears might. I mean, I know we still have the ball. We're up seven, but all the vibes. The vibes, the vibes are, are that they were going to. The vibes gonna, are terrible. The vibes were they were going to turn it over in the next possession. Well, is that the, what your the, vibes were? It ju- it's just like you know that up seven, they're not taking a shot play. They're mm-hmm. running it three times. I liked when they took that off. shot play oh, to Watkins. I loved it too, but they that was they're awesome. Gonna tur- they're going to turtle. They're going to one hundred percent turtle, well, and just and I, I mean, there's no way of knowing. But I thought it was like. I was legitimate thinking, like I said earlier, when the ball was at that one yard line on fourth and goal and they ran and they ran it and didn't get in. I was like, that was the Packers season right there. If they had not gotten that, I think the bears would have won. They would be Oh, two and it would be absolute pandemonium in the, in the Packers fan base. I was not that pessimistic about that. This game. I was anxious, <laughs> but I was not that pessimistic about this game. I was that play, but when they lined up in shotgun instead of, you know, I formation you. running it up the middle <laughs> like they had done every single other time for a billion yards, I was like, ha that's our sleeper agent, <laughs> Luke Getze, calling the plays. I love to see it. I was like, yeah, I was, I was uh, grateful for that uh, shotgun play there instead of just doing a quarterback sneak. Yeah, and it seems like, I don't know, it seemed like, it seemed like they didn't really trust Fields today. Like I don't know how you felt about that, oh, but wow, I mean they I only mean, let him throw what it. Did they throw for seventy like a yards. dozen times or how many? Yeah, to be fair, the Packers held him to forty-one total plays, but I don't know. It was I, the Bears were doing weird things on offense today, and it's tough to criticize them when you're running for nine a carry. It's like yeah, you probably should be running it every single time, but <laughs> ran for nine a carry and threw for you know six and a half yeah, attempts. Such a weird, such a weird game for them. I mean, you can't say that the offense was necessarily like it wasn't great, but it, like if you're averaging nine a carry, it's like what are we? I mean, why throw it? I guess, but I maybe mean, they, they didn't should, win the game, so maybe they should have. Maybe they should have thrown 1970s it. 1970s and run a wishbone. Exactly. Just have triple Herbert option. and uh, Montgomery uh, there at the same time. Hire someone. Is it Air Force that runs the weird offense? 
Oh, they do they still do that? I know they kept doing that for a long time after everybody I think else they, stopped. I think they still run the still super weird like triple option like stuff. I think, but I'm not. Don't quote me on that. I'm not. I, I know sure. they continued it after almost every other D1 team had uh, long since passed it by. It's the traditionalist stats. The traditionalists. But anyway, we are going now to our good thing for defense. Do you want to um, talk about your good thing first, and I'll wrap up with mine? Well, what, what I think is like in terms of just sort of the bigger picture is how they just took control of the game with those four straight three and outs mm-hmm. and just put a stamp on it. Um, I did like – there were a couple missed tackles here and there during the the – Bears big drives. Yeah, Campbell, there were Campbell was actually times. struggling. Campbell was struggling with his tackles. He's had he had bit. a couple of those last week and a couple this week where he missed tackles. Where, After being probably, the best tackler in the league, he may last have more year. missed tackles already this year than last year. I'm not sure. I, I have to go. I think 100 percent the numbers. It seemed but, like he only um, had like one missed tackle last year total. He had, yeah, he, he was like the best tackler in the league last year, and he's already he's struggling a little this year at least. But there were so a far. couple of plays on third down, I think, where like Stokes. Stokes um, had a bounce back game. A, he had, had a really a, nice bounce wrapped back up game. and tackled for like no um, yards after catch by mm-hmm. I think it was EQ. Yep. And um, they had they held Mooney Campbell to negative. Had, Campbell had one as well where he wrapped mm-hmm. up the guy and brought him down. They held no Mooney to negative catch. four yards. They held their number one. And I really liked the way yards. that Stokes stuck with Mooney on the deep shot that they took. Yep. Yep. He was right on him. That could have changed the game. I mean, he had no safety help over the top. The, like the broadcast was saying, that's exactly what you want there if you're the Bears. You got one-on-one, their guy versus our guy. It's ju- yep. no safety help over the top, just a deep shot to your best player. Stokes and from their perspective, the it was their best player against our number two know, corner. Not our number one corner. Yeah, that's that's the shot for them. That's the play that they want. That's the but, opportunity uh, they want. And when Stokes the ball was equal to there, it. Stokes is right in position. Yeah, I mean, there was no Stokes was, was like really nice between play. the ball and Mooney 100%. I mean, Fields kind of overthrew him by a lot and didn't really give him a chance for it, but and I think, I think Douglas Stokes had another one it. of those uh, you know, tackle right after the catch for no no Yeah, yak. he was he was tackling well today. I think I think they're honestly, doing a most pretty of the good, team was tackling pretty good. They did a pretty good job at preventing yards after the catch. Yeah. Though I mean, not to such be a good fair, job at preventing be, yards after contact by the runners. And but to be fair, who yards after catch wise really scares you on the Bears? Like there's yeah, not, I don't know. It's, I don't it's, know there's if that's not really strength there. I've yeah, there's really not looked. really like Mooney's a good route runner and he's a good deep threat. I don't know if he's the best like yak guy, you know. And I could just I could be wrong, but that I, he doesn't. When I think of him, I don't think of him as a yak guy. I think of him as a route runner, deep shot guy. Good receiver though, and it, pretty impressive that they held him to negative four yards. Although he didn't. They haven't really used it much at all, and they haven't really thrown the ball at much at all. They didn't. They also did a pretty good job against Komet, which I know. I mean, Komet didn't have a great week one either, but I mean, Pack- Packers generally have struggled against tight ends in the past, and I mean, the thing is, they held a lot of the Bears' pass catchers under yards because the Bears threw for seventy total yards. So, you know, one of the things I like to say about the defense that's pretty good that I, you know, I, I didn't like put it into our game notes, but now thinking back on it, they mm-hmm. actually did. A good job at preventing field scrambling. Field scrambling, which is something we talked about in our pregame. Yep. Did you notice they spied? uh, They spied Quay Walker a lot. Quay was a spy. Mm -hmm. Um, They had a couple times where they just collapsed the pocket around him, where they got the sack because everybody just crushed the offensive line until there was nowhere for him to go. There's one that was like Gary and Preston and I think Reed all just pushed their blockers into fields until he fell down. 
And and it was nice to have. I think Quay is such a perfect fit for that QB spy position because he's so rangy and he's a really good tackler. At least he was in college. And I think it's just a perfect example of how to use your athletic players in space against a mobile quarterback. And the Packers have so routinely struggled with mobile quarterbacks that it's nice to see them finally. I mean, it feels like since Kaepernick, they haven't been able to handle mobile handle a mobile quarterback. Um, so I think that you know. It's nice that they like are actually employing the athletes they have on defense in ways that make sense for the offense they're playing against. Yeah. Yeah, and to hold fields to 20 yards on eight rushes is was actually really good. And they should get credit. Yeah, and I think that, you know, pivoting to positive things on defense since you started with that, I think my positive thing on defense is Preston Smith played really well today. Preston Smith, I think, was my player of the game. He had, so just for some numbers, he had led the team in tackles. He had three quarterback hits and two sacks. He had the defining stop of the game against Fields along with uh, Jerron Reed. And, you know, I think this is kind of a, the reason I think this is a big deal is through two games he's played quite well. And I'm not going to say anything knock on wood, but technically if we're following the pattern of his career so far, this was supposed to be an off year. He had been until this point an every other year kind of guy, but he's starting the season hot. Somebody must have told him it was that it's really an odd year this year and not an even year. I mean, yeah. Just just don't tell him it's an even year and he'll have a good year. It's like the inverse of the San Francisco Giants from the early 2010s uh, where it's just every other year he can be good. But, you know, if he can start the year hot, they they need him to play well. Like they yes. don't, I mean, they're trotting Anagbare out there and he's playing. Okay. And I saw Garvin out there as well, but neither of those guys are really ready to contribute at any kind of high no. level for a defense that has this kind of aspirations at least. So they need like, they need odd year Preston. And so far it's been good. Yeah, it has. And I, I did, I should have paid more attention to it this week. No, last week they did do some of the being both sub edge rushers in at the same time. Mm-hmm. But not exclusively. There are a couple times where Enigbare was out there with either Preston or Gary. Yeah, I really want to see I, the snap and counts. I, and I, saw, I, I noticed Enigbare out there this week, um, and I can't remember. I noticed him out there last week, too. I want to um, see if he was there with who he was out yeah, there with. I, I want to see the snap counts for this game because I want to see how much the actual like the sub edge rushers got to play because I feel like I didn't really notice them out there much. Um, you know, I saw. I only noticed a couple of plays where uh, Enigbare was rushing from the uh, the he left. He was rushing from the right tackle. Of the, I saw him from the, the right D-line. tackle side a lot. Yeah, right, going against the team. right tackle. Yeah, and, uh, and they put the Garvin cam- in. They put Garvin the in against the left tackle was, too, so it was easier to spot him. Yeah, and they put Garvin up against the left tackle. It seemed like he was kind of getting blown up off the ball, and a lot of big runs were going his way. Ah well, c'est la vie. Um, I'd probably want to see Tipa in there before him personally. I think Tipa's played better. Um, I know he's Garvin. not. As, I know he's not as big as Garvin, and that's probably why they have Garvin in. But it's not like Garvin's doing a whole lot with that size. I don't know. I think I'd rather see Tipa. I think Tipa hypothetically is a worse edge setter, but in practice is probably better. I think he's just better at football. I don't know. That's that's my one qualm with the edge rusher position right now. I think I'd rather see Tipa than uh, than Garvin. Yeah, it's hard to say who was gonna. Anything. I'd, I'd really rather see them add somebody. Yeah, but who? Like, I, I just don't see anyone impactful. 
I mean, they could sign Kyler Fackrell off the Ravens practice squad. But what, JP, JPP? I think JPP is washed. I think someone would have called already if he was going to play this year. Um, or uh, what's his name? Uh, Kennard. Yeah, I mean, another... I don't know. But, I just feel like they're they're not going to make any kind of addition like that in in free agency, at least. Maybe they'll trade for someone, but I don't know. I think if that was going to happen, they would have done it by now. Exactly. I think they're just going to have to deal with their edge group right now. Um, but, you know, Preston Smith had a great game. Um, did you have any other positives for the defense that you wanted to uh, point out? I think those are the positives um, that I had. I did have one negative that I forgot to mention before. Okay. And so you're going to ruin that. our ruin our end on a positive note deal that we were going for? You're, you're just going to put some kind of, some kind of nasty topping on top of this sandwich? Yeah. I don't, I don't like this outside olive you're putting on the sandwich. It was just that flea flicker. Sandwich. Yeah. <sighs> it is what not... it is. If they beat didn't... you on flea flickers, then you just shake their hand and dunk your head in some ice water and go home. <laughs> think about your Think about your life. I mean, yeah. Uh, Jair got beat on that one, I think. That's but, what they um, did, like the the angle he took, and that uh, gave yeah. Uh, yeah, the extra yards. Yeah, I mean, after I think EQ caught it. It's really hard to tell because maybe he was supposed to take, like, supposed to take the deep shot, and he was supposed to have someone bracketing underneath, but that guy got drawn in by the flea flicker because he had his eyes in the backfield, and yeah. maybe, maybe Jair. There's really no way of knowing. Um, but to add a little positive note, because you tried to yak our yum on a win and by ending on a negative Jair's pick was really good. And if you guys oh, want to see sweet. something, if you guys want to see something hilarious, uh, go on Twitter and find, uh, at like the, the NBC or Sunday night football on NBC at SNF on NBC. I think it is, um, did a awesome video of that, uh, Jair interception, very impressive play with, but with him calling it. And it's the funniest thing. Like he's narrating his own like thought process and he's like, he's making lots of sound effects. I can't really explain it, but it's, it's very funny. So go ahead and find that. I think it's at yeah. SNF on NBC. Yeah, um, and the way he closed thing on that today. play was really nice. So fast, such a fast man. It's so nice having set like speedy second, a uh, sec, Speed in the secondary. That's what I was going for. And that they came up with a a, a reception. It wasn't a, it wasn't an inter, sorry interception. It wasn't an interception. That they actually the ground. Yeah, they actually caught an interception for the first time in their lives. What a concept! Hopefully, we can do a little more of that going forward. Um, but do you want to talk a little bit about the special teams really quick? Because two games in, very solid. It's Crosby, solid. knock on wood. Knock on wood, Crosby has not missed a kick yet. The operation has been smooth. The operation is smooth. The punt coverage and kick coverage has been smooth. They have been yep, rallying to the football. Play where been... I think Ford forced a fair catch on a punt. Ford's and... been Ford is good at that. Ford is I good really at that. When lo- he, know, I think he was questionable going into this game. By the way, with a hamstring injury, he was like a very late addition to the injury report. But he played very well. Ford Ford and Nixon together are make a great pair of gunners and have been forcing a lot of. Um, fair catches or short returns, and you know Pat O'Donnell was pumped to play his his old team. Seventy two yard like, punt. His first punt was a so, seventy two yarder. So, so into the even though it was zone. a touchback, it was still a fifty two yard net. Hey, we take those. If you punt it seventy two yards through the end zone, I don't really care that it went through the end zone to be honest. Um, but so the special teams, like from Pat O'Donnell to the Gunners to the Protectors to the rest of the 
coverage units. Yeah. Like I thought everyone rallied really well to the ball and stayed in their lanes. Lane discipline on a punt coverage and kick coverage. What a concept. Who would have thought that that's how you're and, supposed to do it? And the other, you know, so the guys we brought in to be special team specialists, like Levitt also had a Levitt's nice. Pl- Levitt's good. He's looking good on special teams. Yeah. yeah. On the, He's on not the a safety, second but... half kickoff, uh, Levitt, they did a good job kind of clogging up their turn and Levitt got the tackle. Levitt was and apparently talking another... mad smack to the Bears sidelines during and then one. An, and then he had another nice kickoffs. tackle um, on the kickoff return after one of the, uh, I think it was. Um, after Aaron Jones' second touchdown. so mm-hmm. And uh, also for special teams, or sorry, we fence, knock on wood, we do not we do not say the other word anymore. We only say we fence. We fence. Amari Rogers had a nice little uh, 20-yard return. And I know yeah, he, he had was... that little, he had a fumble. You know, he picked it back up. It's fine. We're not too worried. We don't want to see it again, obviously, but who's worried? I'm not worried. It's fine. Yeah, he, he, it, was pretty, he's fine. Been, it was pretty decisive. I think there was one time... Where he called fair catch when he um, was he had some space, and there was and one time where he got, got a he talking took a to shot. to not take a fair catch, and, <laughs> and then, then he, he got, got buried. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you're on the sideline. Where do you think you're gonna go? Just fair catch it and fall out of bounds. Yeah, but that was probably after he got okay. I don't want any more of those. You yeah. is screaming at him. He's returning for us right now. That's all I gotta say on that. Um, but no, I thought Amari did it pretty well as a returner. You don't want to see those muffs, but I think he did pretty well. Um, and so Weefence, you know, is looking, I mean, infinitely better than last year so far. So the coverage on the opponent's returns is worlds better. Yeah. Um, I guess as we're wrapping up here, do you want to talk about any other interesting kind of plays or anything that you saw that kind of um, stuck in your mind. I can start with one just as an example. Uh, Matt LaFleur said after the game that on the second and 28 where they threw a little screen to Dobbs and everyone got out in front of him and Dobbs ended up going for 20 yards, setting up a third and manageable, third and eight. Uh, They ended up scoring a touchdown on that play and Matt LaFleur said that that was the most important play of the game. Um, So I think that that is something that kind of might portend more usage for Dobbs in the future. Um, the fact that he was able to make such an important play in the game at such a crucial time, I believe it was, uh, was it 17, seven at that point? No, 16, seven. Um, Oh, uh, I, but when, when he caught that, uh, second and 20, I, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Second but, and 28 after the third of the three sacks by the bears. Yeah. But do you remember uh, that what the was score where was? the pocket collapses and got the sack and which was after. Yeah. But do you remember what the score was? Um, when I that happened look it Let's would have see. been i think it would have been 17 7 because they ended up with 27 um but so anyway it was 17 7 when that happened and lafleur said that was the play of the game so let's see it was i'm fairly certain it was 17 7 we don't need to spend too much time going over what exactly the score was but the important part is i think that it really might demonstrate some more options or some more play calls specifically to get Dobbs the ball in the future, which I think will be an overall positive for the offense because they need to get these dynamic playmakers the ball and they need to get them up to speed quickly. Yeah, that was good. That that was also the one where, yeah, after they got back, that was an important play because Dobbs did a really nice job of following his blockers. Yep. On that one. On that, he gave uh, Nyman a nice little, a nice little push in the back. He gave Nyman a nice little push in the back and said, go on, block that guy. Please block that guy. That got him into reasonable 
mm-hmm. third down, where it was third and eight instead of like third and 20. Um, cause they picked up, um, 20 yards on that. And then, uh, you know, Rogers went to it. That was one of the times where he went to uh security blanket, uh, Cobb for Cobb had a nice conversion. Cobb had a nice game. Everyone, Cobb and Watkins shout out the veterans today because Cobb Watkins, Lazard, uh, Ro- uh, Jones, Dylan, like all of them had great games. It was the first game I've seen where I was like, Sammy Watkins actually has juice last week. I was like, man, this guy is cooked. He, he does nothing left yeah, in his legs. Nice- and then this week. He was playing I like well. the fact that they took the the shot there late. That they the were game. willing to actually take a shot play. Yes, to, it to felt like that. Well, he when he got open, he broke open, and they got a big play out of that. It and felt Cobb like that had shot what, play. Two, two third down conversions. Yeah, two third down I conversions. Think. It seems like, but it he felt like that catches. shot play. It felt like that shot play had been like building and building. It was like they are yeah. gonna hit a shot play at some point today, and it finally hit right there in the fourth quarter, fifty five yards to flip the field when they were up two scores and eventually let them get into position to make it a three-score game and really salt the game away. Um, but, but in yeah, terms shout of the like today. The, the third, yeah, third down conversions on passing plays was all about the vets. Yeah, it's Cobb, the guys he trusts. Lazard. Jones. Um, yeah, but I, just think about the wide receivers. You mm-hmm. think a Cobb had a couple, Lazard had at least one, I think Watkins had one. Sammy had one. Not much. Tunyon not not counting. Not counting. Yeah, I guess maybe the shot play wasn't on third, but he did have a yeah. third down. Not much. Not much. Tunyon, not much Tunyon in this game at all, huh? No, he had two catches for only two targets. Two catches for eleven yards. Yeah, I thought they were going to go to him more in the second half, and because they got one one to him, um, but it just it yeah, just, uh, I thought, didn't continue. I'd like they to started, see him used a little more in the offense, honestly, just because I think he is one of their better playmakers. But you know, ease him back in. He's coming off injury. And I noticed in the end they started using, or at least I noticed, I should say, um, Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes, Mercedes is getting, yeah. Um, for he's, the, uh, to hold up and blocking one-on-one against their edge rusher. He's, he's the reason that um, Rogers' read option worked. He was blocking the, the down lineman. Right, right. Um, yeah, I like that. Rogers I was the Evans out. shot out. I thought it was hilarious when uh, Rogers just as, basically called his number for yeah. the third down conversion there <laughs> deep in their own end. What was it? Someone I saw was calling them Shanahanigans, um, <laughs> which I think is just a perfect name because that's just such a little – what are the odds Aaron Rodgers is going to run a read option on third and short? Like, It's a smart play because no one thinks he's going to run that. Um, it worked perfectly. And it, was, it set up the, the, uh, the, the closeout the, of the game. The defender you know, broke in and gave him enough of a lane to get outside and get the first. Yeah, but those are our kind of miscellaneous additions to like our thoughts on what we thought was interesting. Dad, do you have anything else to add before we kind of close up? Oh, so sort of my closing thoughts. One yeah, thing I, just I like thought about thoughts. this is that this reminded me a little bit of last year's game two against the Lions after mm-hmm. the total stinker in week one. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> At halftime of that, so except this game wasn't as bad as week two last year. It's like last week's stinker wasn't as bad as last year's stinker week one. Mm. But in week two, we ended up beating the Lions pretty handily, but we were still trailing at halftime 17-14. Yep. To the Lions. And it, and, and they both ended on picks. Before kind of, we finally of. put that put put it together put, and put it away. So here was when we took control a little earlier. Yeah. And and uh, essentially did most of our dirty work through the in the second quarter and beginning of the third. To yeah. get control of that game, and my and the other sorry, go ahead. And that had one other sort of big picture. Is that it seemed like the O line was getting it together more and more as the game went on. 
They gave up three sacks, but they were all before halftime. And they didn't give up any more sacks in the second half. Very few pressures. I mean, if you remember, if, you know, thinking about it, there weren't there weren't that many pressures uh, later in the game. Yeah. So uh, I think maybe they're getting their feet under them, and they'll continue to um, hopefully continue improving, which they'll need next week. And it's easier. That Tampa to, yeah, defense Tampa's has been looking be a good these first tough, two weeks. Tough matchup. That's going to be so hard. We'll talk about that more on our Thursday night uh, preview. Uh, every Thursday night, we do a pregame for the upcoming game week. Um, so please check us out there. Um, we'll be putting that out Thursday late evening. You can listen to it Friday morning on your ride to work. Um, but yeah, please check that out. We'll be talking about Tampa this week because that's going to be a heck of a matchup. I guess my closing thoughts and summary were for a team with the aspirations that the Packers have, you'd like them to be a little more convincing in games against bad teams. But then you think about how three teams really, really blew it this weekend in the fourth quarter, specifically tonight, or specifically on Sunday, that is. Uh, and, you know, you're just happy to come out with a win. And one and one does not feel as bad as 0-2. Teams with high aspirations and teams that looked dominant for part of the game totally screwed the pooch by the end. This is true. There, there are a lot of teams that wish they could have come out with an ugly win tonight. Yep. The the Ravens, I'm sure, wish they came out with an ugly win. The Browns the wish they came out with an ugly win. The Raiders wish they came out with an ugly win. There's a and lot the Rams of Rams came out with an uglier win than our win. Exactly. Versus the Falcons, who are just as eh, maybe a little better than the Bears. But it's just I'm nice to sure come out. That. That's that that they're running neck and neck. I, um, I think the Falcons are substantially better than the Bears. Um I don't think that's that hot to take. But um <laughs> the point point being it's nice to win a game, even if it wasn't the most convincing. But anyway, that is our post game for Packers' victory over the Bears here in Week Two. Happy to be podcasting after a win. Um, if you whoop, if if you like what you heard, we do two podcasts a week: Thursday nights and Sunday nights, or Monday nights if the game is on a Monday night. So feel free to check those out. Like we said earlier, check us out on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Check us out on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. Any streaming platform of your choice, we will be putting out two episodes a week for the rest of the season. Uh, But yeah, until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!